as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. What's up, sports fans? We are back for the season finale of the Top Pair Podcast. We're getting ready for that summer break until the next NHL season coming up. It was a wild one. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of crying, mostly crying. Um, I'm your host. It is Eric Weinstein with me. As always, my Southern correspondent from Charlotte, North Carolina, Nick Maxwell. Nicky, it's the summer, baby. Yeah, it's hot as balls. It's like 98 degrees here today, so that's that's making nice plans for my weekend. I'm yeah. staying inside and sitting in the AC. Right now in Comac, New York, it is 82, feels like 89, 72% humidity. So it's that good, like, heavy heat. You know that stuff that everybody <laughs> likes? It's that real good heavy heat. So yeah, just pushes you right to the ground. Yeah, so kind of funny that we're talking about ice hockey on a day that seems this hot, but, you know, here we are. Before we do that, one last time for season three, if you can believe it, of the Top Pair Podcast, one last time, we are going to be going through the housekeeping. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Boom, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. You can find me, the podcast, on Twitter and Instagram at TopPair underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's, Nicholas. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at mmaxwell01 or on Instagram at nickjmaxwell. All righty, so we just dealt with free agency last week. Um, I was traveling. I was actually in North Carolina near Raleigh last weekend, so we weren't, last week, so we weren't able to record. So a lot of news has happened. There's been a lot of big signings. There's too many to really go over in one episode. Um, so we're going to go through the key ones, who we think the winners are, the losers are, who we like, uh, who, what we don't like. And there's a lot, a lot of guys that are still super good that are still super unsigned. So I feel like we got to start with the biggest fish in the pond. And that would have been Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau signed a nice, nice ticket with the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was, I just got to pull up the, I probably should have had this before. His contract, it is a seven-year deal. There is a full no-move clause, and it is worth, drumroll, $68.25 million. It has a no-move clause for the first four years of the contract, a modified no-move through the last three. Nikki, nobody saw this one coming, um, including myself, because I was expecting him to at least give the Islanders a look, not use them for leverage, which seems to be the number one move for free agency, use Lou Lamarillo's old ass for leverage. Um, Johnny Gaudreau is a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Nick, what are your thoughts? Um, look, I love it. From the Blue Jackets' perspective, I love it. Right? It's a no-brainer. Like I, no-brainer. I, I think it's an absolute great sell to a, a market that, yes, it's a small market, yes, it's a non-traditional market, but it's proof that you can be a small fish and swing for the fences and still occasionally land something. I think they didn't necessarily need this move. I think they have plenty of young talent that's coming up the pipeline. Um, but I think this kind of just puts them on the map. It's certainly going to help spike season ticket sales, oh, jersey sure. sales, revenue that way. Um, and, I, and I think overall, too, like you look at the young talent and now all of a sudden it raises the expectation, right? Like guys were maybe just saying, you know, I'm just trying to put up some points. I'm just trying to get my feet wet. You, this sends the message in the room of, hey, 
I don't care what outside perspective is. We're planning on competing, and we're planning on competing now and into the future. So I think Johnny's going to be a great pro for that organization. I think guys like Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger are going to really benefit from, from being around him and some of those other vets. I think for Goudreau's perspective, it seems like he got everything he wanted, right? Like, truthfully, I think what he realistically wanted was to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $9 million. I think he wanted to be on the East Coast because the travel is just so much better. And I think he would kind of prefer to be in a market where there's two to three, maybe four reporters on a daily basis. And I think for him, he was really content that way. I, you know, he's a little bit of an aloof kind of guy. I don't think he's like the smartest tool in the shed. South Jersey, you know, that's how they are. Yeah, it's just, I just think he was looking for to get his cash and to live in a place where he could kind of start his family for himself. You know, the whole, like, he wants to be home with South Jersey stuff. When you make $9 million, it's pretty easy to charter a private, private plane if something really does happen. Um, it, it just, I, I think it's just one of those things where people never think of Columbus as a free agent destination. They obviously had problems keeping some of their star players like Duchesne and Panarin, but Overall, I mean, I think it's still a good thing. Maybe not for the overall league perspective, but for player and for team. It just shows, I think the, it's kind of like how in the NBA, where, you know, you're going to be seen everywhere. It doesn't matter if you play, uh, you know, in New York. It doesn't matter if you play in Columbus. It doesn't matter wherever you play. People are going to find you. People are going to watch you play hockey. So I think he just went for the best situation for him. Which is a little, it's under the, definitely under the radar in Columbus. Um, they're a young team. They have good goaltending. They have a good, solid core of guys with, you know, guys like Wierenski is the first guy, obviously, who comes to, comes to mind. The young guys you mentioned, like Ken Johnson and Sillinger. You know, there's a lot to like with Columbus. I really didn't see it coming. I figured, I figured New Jersey was a lock. And I mean, I knew the Islanders were a pipe dream, but I was still going to be disappointed if he didn't sign or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a no absolute no-brainer move for Columbus. You now have a superstar. They're now working on re-signing Patrick Laine. Probably gonna have to move a little money out to do that. But you know, a top line with you know Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Laine, and enter whichever center you want to put with them. I mean, that's playing with line playing with Laine. I think, I mean, playing with Gaudreau, I think Laine could have forty-five to fifty goals easy. This is a guy who's a bona fide goal scorer. It's been a rough couple seasons, you know, a little, not rough, but more like unsteady, you know, not really knowing what the future is. But now if he's back in Columbus, he's got a full, a, a superstar as as a winger on his line. So love the move for Columbus. Absolute no-brainer. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, I understand the fallout of the Calgary stuff, especially as we, we're going to talk about to Chuck, obviously. But, look, I get it. Like, I remember when Drew and Briere both left on the same day, like in free agency, like it fucking sucks that you feel like you're starting from ground zero and to a degree you are. But I mean, I think people are probably taking it a lot more personally than they should. I think especially people like Eric Francis, who talked about how like Goudreau needs to offer like a lot giant speech. Who's, I think he's kind of gone overboard a little bit with that whole point. But I do think that, you know, it's not necessarily a black eye for Canada. I think it's just something where all the players are different. And I don't think this is necessarily an American wanting to leave the Canadian market kind of thing. I think it was just something where he just felt comfortable with this whole situation. He just wanted to go for it. Yeah, and I think that could, we could segue right into the Matty Kachuk 
um, situation up in Calgary. He has informed them that he is not going to resign. Um, and now I think this is kind of this is kind of what Calgary fans. I think they can respect it a little more because now they can get a massive haul for Matthew Kachuk. I mean, the kid had 42 goals and 62 assists in last year. I mean, this kid is a bona fide star, and he's 24. Guys like this don't come along very often to be available. Um, I think Calgary is going to be able to get a nice, nice haul for Matthew Kachuk. But, man, Flames fans don't deserve this. I mean, that's a great fan base. And to lose your, your franchise player and now the guy who could have maybe been your franchise player, perhaps a future captain, he wants out. I mean, I don't know what it is with superstars requesting trades. I mean, Juan Soto, Kevin Durant, Matty Kachuk, it's like, I don't know what's in the yeah, water. It's, it, the player empowerment movement has really taken over. It, like, it's it the really moment has. they become unhappy, they don't really care what type of deal that they sign. Like, they still, they, if they want the situation and the dynamic to change, it's going to change. Yeah, exactly, and it's just it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, whew, I mean, I, there's the list that he gave allegedly. I believe Vegas was on it. I believe St. Louis, of course, was on it. Um, Dallas, I think, was on it, and they said no. Um, they, they, I mean, it's all going to be you know U.S. market probably, and I, I think what a really underrated part of all this is the COVID situation. To have to enter and re-enter Canada and the United States, it's a hassle. And you're seeing guys firsthand. They're, they're getting sick of it. And it doesn't seem like the COVID, I mean, from what I've, the last I've read, it doesn't look like the COVID protocols are going to change returning back to Canada. So, I mean, I could see Matty Kachuk saying, trade me to an American team based, solely based off that. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if that, some, if that has something to do with it. I saw a thing today that's like Goudreau specifically. <clears throat> One of the big things for him was that his father had a heart attack, I think, in like late 2018 or maybe 2019. And that was a big reason of him wanting to come back east so that if he needed to get back, it was obviously a lot easier. And, and that, to me, makes sense. But the Kachuk thing, I don't know, like, I mean, Brady signed an eight-year deal to stay in Ottawa, and that's yeah, usually not something that true. has happened a lot in the last few years, right? People being that committed to go to Ottawa. Um, we'll I don't get know to if them. this is something where he once Johnny left, he was kind of like, man, that was, that was kind of my golden ticket into getting a big payday. And he was just kind of like, I'm not going to be able to put up numbers with just me, Lindholm, and insert rent, you know, Mangiapani maybe on the other side of that wing, but I I don't think it's I don't again it's not anything personal. It's just I think players are just trying to do the best thing for themselves. Um, maybe he didn't get along with Daryl Sutter. I could see that conflicting. Um, I, I could I to me St. Louis just makes too much sense. I think that team needs to kind of have a big jolt to them to kind of stay as a contender in the league. I think he fits that Blues mantra. Obviously, his dad's legacy there in St. Louis yep. as well. I saw a thing today that the Bruins could be in play there, which would make me puke because he'd be like the perfect Boston Bruin. Like, imagine him and Marshawn on the ice at the same time. No, I won't. <laughs> no. But but I, I still think, you know, that's going to be a big haul. I think like a Jack Eichel-type haul for whoever's at forever is going to step up and pay the price there maybe more i mean he's 24 years old and he just scored 100 points jack eichel yeah. hasn't scored 100 points yeah as good I, as he is thing, and as good as that else, 
Go ahead. The thing I'll say that makes the situation a little bit different is like Eichel was already under contract for the next X amount of years, right? So like with him, you kind of need to like have that commitment of you're an RFA, like we're not doing a short term deal here. Like we need to kind of do like a sign and trade sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know how that necessarily impacts trade value and whatnot. But you are right. Like on the other side of that too, like Eichel obviously had like a broken neck when he got traded. Right. Uh, there's nothing to suggest to Chuck has any sort of injury history at all. So yeah, I it's it's going to be. I don't. I do not buy into the fact that this is going to be down by the end of the week. I think this is going to be something that's going to drag on for another month or two before we see anything happen. This is going to take a little bit. A deal like this, where teams going to have to give up a lot, like 150 cents on the dollar, to outbid these other teams that want him. Yep. That's the key. Is it's going to go to the highest bidder? I think. I. I'm sure Calgary, I mean, maybe they want to do right by him. Maybe they want to, you know, show that, hey, you know, we're understanding to a situation, whatever, whatever the case may be. You still got to get the best deal. And if a team, it maybe he is not thrilled about going there, who cares? He's not your problem anymore. You trade him there. Um, I, I, if I had to make a prediction, I think St. Louis, just like you said, it makes too much sense. I mean, they, I'm sure... Jordan Cairo is just sitting there. I think he's the guy that would be moved if a deal to St. Louis. I know you brought that up as well, um, and you convinced me because I was trying to make Islander trades, and none of them were better than that. I mean, Jordan Cairo, I think he's the guy if you're going to move him. And I mean, I don't know. Do you move somebody like – I'm sure you can move a million picks. Some They have th- their next three first-rounders. They have – Seconds in 24 and 25. They have a lot of draft capital there that they can move. Um, you move Cairo, I think I think he ends up being the one that goes there. Or even Buchnevich, if you don't want to do a full rebuild, he's only 27. That's another guy you can move. Who, you know, it's yeah. I could I could I think Jake Neighbors is going to be a part of that package. I think he's a really good young player that, especially in a position of need for them, especially like essentially, that's going to be one of the top names on the list. And I think. I think they'll make them pick. It's like you can have Robert Thomas or Cairo. You're not getting both kind of thing. Well, they just signed um, Robert Thomas to an eight-year extension. Yeah. That kicks in after next season. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, by the way, get paid eight years and an $8.1 million. I mean, if you're Calgary, though, wouldn't that be something that you want is to try and get a player who has that big-ass contract already sorted out? And then it's like, I don't have to worry about this shit anymore. That's true. I mean <laughs> – but I feel like at that point, St. Louis is like, we'll give you Cairo instead. And I mean, what a consolation prize to get a kid like Jordan Cairo. I mean, oh man, we end up with him. Um, but personally, I think if Matthew Kachuk gets traded to St. Louis, that'll heat up the Tarasenko market as well. Because he's kind of like yep. the replacement. So, But that's that's all speculation. We don't know where he's going yet. He is still... If Vegas figures out a way to get them, I'm going to burn down that arena. I just, I don't understand that. I don't understand why anybody would want to go to Vegas. Like, I get, like, no income tax, and you're probably going to be good, but it's like, you're, as soon as you have a bad year, or there's another hot commodity on the trade block, you're, 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 you're good as gone. You want to just jump right into them? Why don't you just jump yeah, right why in? Not? Because I said I kind of want to do like a winners and losers kind of deal. Usually you start positive, you start with a winner. We both agree that Columbus is a winner, so that'll be like the de facto winner uh, for both of us. Vegas Golden Knights, what losers they are. Okay, the Vegas Golden Knights may be a master class in mishandling assets. <laughs> the Montreal, not the Montreal, sorry, the Vegas Golden Knights, they sent Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin to Carolina 
for nothing. They said for everyone's favorite prospect, future considerations. They sent for nothing. Max Pacioretty walks onto the ice and he's thirty goals a season minimum when he's healthy. Former captain. This guy is so good in the locker room. And Vegas said to Carolina, who are now I'm placing them as maybe the favorite to win the Metro Division. This puts them over the top, and the fact that they got Brent Burns for Stephen Lorenz, A2 McAniemi, a 2023 conditional pick, a third-round pick, and there's some salary retained. $2.7 million of that contract is being retained. So they're paying him 5.28 for Brent Burns. This just makes me hate Carolina so much more because they are so, so good. The whole thing with Carolina was that they were kind of like a superstar away. They don't have like the whole superstar player. Ajo's nice, you know, whoever. Svechnikov is nice, but they're not superstars. Pacioretty and Brent Burns, I think, are both on the back nine at this point. But man, does that fortify that team. I mean, man, yeah. are they scary. Yeah. The only, the only, wow, Jesus. Uh, glaring hole I see with them is that losing Trocheck, I don't know who's going to be that second line center. If they think it's going to be Kakaniemi or if they're still trying to, they're still trying to ink Natchez to another deal. I think it's going to happen, but that's going to be the gamble of the year to, to determine if they win that division or not for me. Well, they got eight years to find out if Kakaniemi can be a se- uh, second line center. <laughs> um, is that your new favorite contract? Ed? Like, have you moved on from the Bobrovsky one or is that, like, is this going to be the new contract you bring up every time? But the thing with Kakaniemi is he's 22, so, like, I get it. Yeah. Like, you're paying for the upside. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If the cap explodes and he does well, like, that will that could be, like, a Huberto type of value for a contract. Like how, is, how is Tevu Teravainen only 27? I know, right? Doesn't he, doesn't, he should be 37. Like, I'm waiting for him to retire. Almost. Just be 30. <laughs> I'm not asking for a lot. Just be 30. But yeah, but and the thing with Carolina is they have, they have a lot of money coming off the books after next season. They have Pacioretty's for one year, Jordan Stahl's for one year. Yeah, that team's going to look real different next year. Both goalies have one year left, so I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Um, Jake Gardner is on their LTIR, God bless him. Um, all right. So I guess that means Carolina is also my winner because they absolutely got handed a 30-goal scorer to play on their first or second line. Um, Nick, who's another winner? Give me a winner. Or a loser. Whatever you want. Well, I'm going to start with losers because I really thought this team was going to be more fun to watch. But apparently Ron Francis is just the most boring GM in the NHL. The fact that Seattle Kraken had all this cap space and just was thirsting for a big-time player to come into that market. And they came away with Andre Burakovsky. Your favorite. You love him. <laughs> um... John Hayden mm-hmm. and Martin Jones; those were their big free agent signings. Ugh, thank just, God they like. Thank God they got Shane Wright. Thank God. <laughs> and I just, dude, why? Like, what are you doing signing Martin Jones to a two million dollar contract, even if it's for one year? Who were you competing against that you had to settle <laughs> on him getting two million dollars? <laughs> so I just, horrific. I don't know. I was just hoping this team was going to make more of a splash. I mean, I guess they're banking on Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright taking into the fold, but that's just 
it's just such a burden to put on two an 18 year old and a 19 year old player so I, I don't know I just this team is just not fun I'm worried that people are going to get bored even though Seattle I think is a pretty good sports town so it's just I don't know I'm I'm losing faith every day in Ron Francis's GM abilities the, the novelty wears off quick when yep. you, when you continue to suck and like they, they you, there's guys we like. I mean, Jaden Schwartz, Jordan Eberle, Yanni Gord, McCann had a career year. Jonas Donskoy had like 60 goals disallowed. Um, like Adam Larson is good. Vince Dunn is good, but like Grubauer might be bad. They have him for five more years. That might be the new Bobrovsky. Yeah. What a terrible contract. Yeah, that's not good. Like, Chris Dreger was fine, but he, like, I think his knee blew up. And now they have Martin Jones. Like, congratulations. Yeah. They have no prospects, think, obviously, I, because they're new. Like, I, I think for my winner, I'm going to go with Detroit. I think the oh, signing yeah. of Cop, bringing him home, I think that's going to be – I think he's one of those super versatile, can play any forward position, and can play on the second or third line. I think that's going to help that center depth behind Larkin a lot. Um I think they overpaid Sherratt a little bit, but I still think he fills a big hole in that back end behind, um, obviously, Mo Sider. And, you know, even having a guy like Mark Pizza come in for your 5-6 pairing, I think is going to be a really big benefit because they are bringing, starting to bring in some of their um, young D. I mean, I, I, from what I've read about Edmondson's, Edmondson's scouting report coming in from Sweden, he's going to be an absolute stud because why – because it's, apparently it's a rule that Stevie Eisenman can't have a bad draft pick. Especially um, defensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then Billy Huso, to me, was a really good value. I thought he was going to make over $5 million. So to get him at 4.75, 27-year-old goaltender, I know he wasn't great in the playoffs last year, but I think he was the reason why St. Louis had such a good regular season. I think pairing him with the Dalkovich, you, you split them the first 20 games of the year, and you see who takes the reins and who gets hot. So I think this team has set themselves up to be instantly a competitor in that division now. I think Boston might take another step back, even if they do get Bergeron and Krejci back. I just I don't like the makeup of that team. I think there's just a lot of questions with that coaching staff and what's going to happen with how long is Marshan going to be out. Um, so I, I think Detroit is really close to hitting the reset button in terms of they're going to be very good again. That damn Stevie Y. <laughs> And they still have. Oh, ten- I also forgot about Perron. I think that guy is going to be. Oh, what just an under the radar! Perfect for Dylan Larkin at four point seven five for two years. How did nobody do that? I. Dude, How did nobody? He was, get- he was one of the best players in the playoffs last year. Went for St. Louis. David Perron I mean, had St. Louis a in the league. Like an underrated great year last year. I mean, he would like. How did nobody say? Let me give four point seven five to David Perron. Who's made $45 million in his career? Not bad. Um, yeah, I, Detroit, they're not going to be... They're definitely not going to be bad, and they're going to be good very soon. Even, like, the under-the-radar moves, like the Dominic Kubalik move, like, just to shore up the, the bottom six. I mean, they could move a guy who makes a little bit... You could make a move, like, for a guy like... You could move a guy like Jacob Vrana or Bertuzzi if you don't think you're going to bring him back. And you can get, like... A nice haul for them as, you know, ronan has got two years left, Bertuzzi has one. I mean, clear some cap. You know, you re-sign Larkin. You, you re-sign 
somebody else's UFA who matters, right? Or an RFA. Oh, like Philip Zadina, if you want to bring him back. Like, there's a lot of good moves that can be made here. And I think, could you not have a better guy to <laughs> right the ship than Stevie Y? I mean, it, it's really, really tough to figure out. Um, a winner yeah, for I me? Think, I think for them, it's just the only thing they really have to do left is just get Larkin signed to his extension. And, like, this team is, this core is going to be locked in, I think, pretty soon. Yep. Be all set. The winner for me, they made one significant move. And, well, I guess two. It's the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, a bit, rare, rare bit of luck, too, with the whole Duncan Keith retiring thing. Man, did they need that to happen. How about that? They still got to re-up Kyler Yamamoto. They're probably going to move Puyi-RV, just kind of like two ships passing in the sea. It's probably best for both sides if he goes. <laughs> um, bring back Vander Kane, four years, uh, $5.1 million AAV. But the big one is Jack Campbell, man. Gets him out of Toronto. They kind of swipe him from the Maple Leafs. He's 30 years old. He was an all-star last year. It was kind of a tough second half for him, but... Man, just the thing that, that Edmonton needed, they just needed goaltending. And Mike Smith, he couldn't really, I mean, 40 years old, God bless him. He was great getting to the to the conference final. But man, is that going to be a big up uh, big uptick in goaltending. And you still got McDavid for four years and Dreitzeidel for three. I mean, you, the moves they made last summer bringing in Zach Hyman for all that money, everybody was like, why did they do that kind of? You know, you and I have been talking shit about Cody CC probably since he's been in the league. But those those two moves really pay dividends in the playoffs. They were both very good. Um, I like the I like the Oilers to go back to the conference finals next year. I mean, just I having Jack Campbell to solidify the goaltending. I just think that's going to make such a big difference. Yeah, and I think even the Evander Kane thing. I thought. I didn't know what the hell his contract was going to be because I was like, some GM could be stupid enough to be like, well, he played three good months of hockey with the best player in the world. So, uh, yeah, a six I'll year give deal. him six million, seven million bucks, right? So I think they get him on a good deal, even though he was apparently seen in Beverly Hills shopping around Rodeo Drive like a week ago. Oh, Jesus. Um, not a great look for somebody who's bankrupt, but I digress. Well, um, he's not bankrupt I, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that signing bonus like? <laughs> I mean, he's got a little money to spend now. Yeah, yeah. yeah child mean, support and child support and court fees are a bitch, Eric. From what I've read, that is true. I again wouldn't know, but uh, that is true. Um, <laughs> All right, but anyway, I yeah. think I think I mean we all saw what he did in the playoffs last year. Uh, I think he's going to put up another monster year with with. McDavid and people are going to start looking at that contract being like, damn, that's real good value for a player like him putting up those numbers. Yeah, but he puts up like 90 points. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I love it. I love the Oilers for next season. I think they're, I'm probably going to bet on them to win the Stanley Cup, if I'm going to be honest. Um, is that who you, is that your way too early prediction for next year? That's my incredibly early and not thinking prediction. <laughs> So here, I was thinking about this the other day. You're a gambler, and I'm not, so you would know this. Are, are there odds to see who the first coach fired is going to be next year? There usually is for the NFL. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know if there is in the NHL. So Why? I got, I got my hand on, my finger on um, either DJ Smith, 
in Ottawa. I think with their Ooh. upgrades, I mean, <laughs> Pierre Dorian tried to say the rebuild was over last year, and that clearly didn't work. And then this year he said, we're into the next phase, which I think is basically saying the same thing, just using different words. But it's I think definitely over now. top six that they're going to have, I, I'm looking at him, um, or I also think probably either Lindy Ruff in New Jersey is probably going to be the next guy fired. I would like, yeah. like, like I said, not a betting guy, but if there are odds that people have out there, those are going to be the two people that I would put at the top of the list. Speaking of coaches, I guess I have kind of breaking news. San Jose is closing in on David Quinn to be their head coach. Wow. I mean... That's going to be a team in transition the next few years. I don't have the crickets sound effect, but, you know, hey, congratulations to the San Jose Sharks, I guess. Enjoy, you know, Mark. Hey, I, I hope all the best for Mike Greer. I think he will I be do a too. good GM. I think he can be a good GM this league. I just think it, sometimes it's just like you're you're thrown an anchor when you need a life vest, right? Like <laughs> I just feel least. like he's in that type of situation with the amount of bad contracts on this roster. Um, they did get rid of Brett Burns, so I give him credit for that. But, I mean, Carlson still has five more years on his deal, and Vlasic still has four more years on his. Oh, so. The Vlasic one is so bad. He's, it's so bad. They were scratching yeah. him. He makes seven million. At least Carlson yeah. plays. It's so Carlson's bad. Gonna a ton of points. He's just gonna be like minus ninety at the end of the year. Oh, it's so bad. So and I, ca- I kind of just hope like Capo Kakinen is gonna be like there. Finally, find a franchise goalie. Um, After Nabokov. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, they're still paying Marty Jones five years to not play for them, which is also he's kind of a bad look. But I oh, think this, they're it's going to get, get worse before it gets better. They're paying there. him two yeah. and a half this year, and then just under three next year, Marty Jones. God, that guy sucks. <laughs> and somehow he's getting two more million from Seattle this year. I don't know. GMs are stupid. But yeah, the, the Sharks are going in with a three-headed goalie monster of Capo Kakinen, James Reimer, and Aiden Hill. Remember when Aiden Hill was like the savior because he played good for two weeks in Arizona? <laughs> yeah. Look for Timo Meyer to get moved. I think he's a prime candidate to get moved. He makes $6 million. He's an RFA at the end of the season. Um, 100%. That guy, if he played basketball, they'd call him a walking bucket. That guy just a goal scorer. Love that guy. I think he's going to get a nice haul for them if they move him. Um Loser for me, I'm going to say it quick because I have to, the New York Islanders. Um, they bring in Alex Romanov, which I like the move. And then they just did nothing else. I mean, they bring, they re-signed the bad Sebastian Ajo for two years. Um, they gave Robin Salo some money. Like, great. But like, yawn at the same time. I don't know. I it's a lot of banking on that all the guys who had down years are going to have good years this year now that the year is kind of normal. <sighs> it's just a lot of guys who are either 30 or approaching 30 that have long-term deals, like long-term deals. So we'll see what the old man can do. I think Lamarillo went in doubt. I mean, he's a guy you can trust. He's done it before, obviously. But, yeah, not psyched with the offseason so far for the Islanders. Um, you go hey, ahead. You know who's having a worst offseason? That would be... Any Philadelphia Flyer fan. Oh, I want... Go ahead. 
Go right ahead. <laughs> Wait, before before you go into it, I just want to have I have a funny stat for you. Let me just pull up their cap friendly. So for whatever reason, whatever possessed them, they gave picks to Carolina, another heist, to get the rights to sign Tony D'Angelo. They're paying him five million a year for two years. They had previously re-signed Rasmus Ristolainen, who they stupidly traded for, um, and they're paying him for five. Sure how much? <laughs> yeah, they gave him five point one million a year for five more years. So they're paying those two those two clowns uh, ten point one million dollars, right? The Islanders are paying Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick a combined twelve million, and those guys are like making a little over ten. The that, like, Pulak and Pelic could, like, arguably be on the next, like, Olympic team. Right, as a pair. <laughs> like, they're good. Like, that's, like, that's the big difference, Baker, is that those guys are good. <laughs> yeah, like, those guys are good and they make, like, decent money. These guys are bad and they make decent money. All right, I mean, did you watch the Chuck Fletcher presser where he was trying to explain these signings? I got to tell you, he might be the most relatable GM in, in history. It's like it, it just would have been too hard to move guys. I'm like, Chuck, I get that. I'm like, sometimes things are just too hard and you don't want to do it. I get it. I, I still think, I still my, think favorite my favorite line of that presser is where somebody asked, 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 asked Delora and Delora and guys like him are hard to find. I just, like, I almost like fell out of my chair. They and are? I, I, like, he, I must have just missed a quote or something. He did not just say that about Nick Delore. And then it turns out, yes, he thinks Nick Delore is one of the hardest players to find in the league. Yeah, he had to give him four years because you can't find a guy like that. Yeah, four years and one point seven five million. That's fine. And and <laughs> and the kicker, a modified no trade. <laughs> this guy is the best. The best. I mean, you talk about a team. I, it's fun. It's hilarious when you know, like. A team is going to be in rebuild mode in an 18, month, 18 months from now. This roster is going to look so different. But they won't be because they just go for like the quick Band-Aid. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Like this will work. I mean. I, just, I, I, I almost feel bad for Torts because it's like I, I could don't. see him like somehow overdoing it with this team and like dragging them into like the eighth place finish. But I also like. If this is his last stop, truly is his last stop as a coach, like, damn, you're going to be going down with guys like Tony D'Angelo and oh, yeah. Justin Braun. And oh, Morgan talk about Frost a homecoming. Justin <laughs> Braun. Talk about a homecoming. Um, I don't feel bad for Torts. He's making $4 million to steer this team of garbage. So, I mean, I really don't feel bad for him. I mean, there's, like, guys with upside, I guess, like Joel Farabee's, like, in theory good. Owen Tippett needs a new deal. Yeah, it's just Cam like they're York already is over good. the cap. And, like, you know, they have 11 forward signs. So they can't even dress a full set of forwards yet for opening night until they move money out. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope Couturier is back. you got to hope Ryan Ellis is back. Those are two really solid players. I mean, Couturier won a Selkie. Like, these are guys that matter. Um, they kind of based their whole defense around Ryan Ellis, and he played, like, six games last year. Um, and then to top it off, they released the guy who's, like, bought back from cancer to come play again in the league. And then it's like, all right, like what's a worse PR move? Yeah. Like, they, they released that guy. Signing Angelo yeah. or releasing like Lindholm. They released that guy, Lindblom to sign Tony D'Angelo. 
It's like any karma you had is like it's out the window, out the door. Yep. And like poor James Van Riemsdyk, like he's not the guy he used to be, but everybody was like, how do you not attach a first round pick to Van Riems? Like he sucks. Like imagine being him. Like you're like, well, sorry, everyone. <laughs> sorry they're paying me for the player I used to be. Yeah, it's not like, hey, he doesn't have a no-move clause. What the hell is he supposed to do? It's not his fault. Yeah, he's like, move. <laughs> Everybody would have signed that contract if they were offered it. Uh, $7 million for seven years? Huh? Yeah, mm, Matt, I'm going to do that. <laughs> like, come on. <sighs> and then there was just teams that we can't go a podcast without talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? You can't. Yeah. They signed... There's some names here that they signed. They first of all they bring back Pierre Engvall, right? They brought him back. Uh, they bring back Mark Giordano. That was earlier. Um, I think the the main thing here is like yeah they brought in Callie Yarncroke, fine. Nico Bell, fine. Whatever. This goaltending duo they have. Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. I mean, you're trying to be a Stanley... In, in theory, you're a Stanley Cup contender, right? Even though you can't get out of the first round, right? Yep. So Matt Murray is your answer? Ottawa couldn't wait to get rid of him. They said, we'll take money. Get this guy off my team. He was in the AHL last year. You're... You're trying to win a Stanley Cup and your goalie is a reclamation project? Can can you explain it to me? Because I have no I, idea. I, I mean... <clears throat> uh, look, like I, the funny thing to me is that the amount of guys that he has from either Sault Ste. Marie, right? And that's Matt Murray. That's... Bunting, that's uh, Muzzin, if I'm not mistaken. Let's take a look. Um, Kyle Clifford was his former client when Dubas was an agent. Uh, Adam Gaudet, I believe, was there. Jake Muzzin played for Sault Ste. Marie. That is correct. Yep. So it's just like Dubas loves his guys. He loves his guys. (laughs) And then you also look at these, some of these guys that were taken from the 2015 draft, you know, Sam Sonoff, um, Q-Bell. Like, that was the draft, that was the first NHL draft where Dubas was in charge because that was that weird period after Lou left and him and Mark Hunter ran the draft together. So he's just clearly digging up old notebooks on guys that he thinks can still reach their potential either after a not turning out to be as good or he thinks that teams just didn't use him properly so it's just it's just mind-boggling to me like i i almost respect it right because he's basically <laughs> saying if i'm going down i'm going down my way which with, like I with my guys thing. i love yeah, it and i'm going down with my guys and my people and i get that but like man like it's it's almost tough to you to get, and I'm again. I'm not saying he's gonna get fired, but like, if he does, if this crashes and burns, you have a lot of explaining to do at your next job in terms of what happened and what went wrong. There. Yeah, how the hell did that not work? I just checked that Kelly yep. Arncoke 
uh, if he played for Sault Ste. Marie, um, he didn't. But he also got a modified no-move clause for four years. See, like, I like, I can't really make fun of that deal because the Islanders gave Matt Martin four years, but they didn't give him a no-trade. So they can move him if they wanted to. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's just a lot. Uh, there's just a lot here with all that. I don't know. The clock's ticking, baby. It really, it's really ticking. You, yeah, I, you look, thought it was. There's talks about. There's a lot of expectations of people saying that they should be President's Trophy winners because they feel like obviously Florida has taken a step back and Tampa is taking a little bit of a step back after losing Plot. And it's like, so you just want to put the curse on yourself of winning the President's Trophy just to win in the the first round? Yeah, congrats. Hang the banner. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see it. Um, lastly, we should probably bring up the um, the former two-time defending champs, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just giving out eight-year deals like it's going out of style. <laughs> Sergachev, Sorelli, Chernak. Eight-year deals. Braden Point's eight-year deal kicks in. Kucherov's got five years left. Nick Paul got seven years. He got the Colton Sisson special. Um, Vasilevsky is making nine and a half. Where are they getting this money? Where does it come from? I, I don't know. Like, Stamkos is still on the team, and he still makes eight and a half. And that's, like, cheap compared to what these these other guys are making. And I still think even with the Brent Seabrook contract, I still think they're over the cap, right? Like, I don't know. It's it's just so weird to me. Three three million bucks for Ian Cole. I was like, I like Ian Cole. But at this point in his career, that's a tough 33. Like, that's more like a 36, 37 for that's most guys. That's a hard because of, 33. Yeah, because of the style that he plays. I mean, Chernak, maybe that works out. You know, I think, again, we've talked about him enough. Like, he's by far one of the most improved players Love on this him. team. And he's going to take a big step up now with, with this top four, especially with Al McDonough. Um, I I don't know. It's just, I think Breeze Wasp is trying to, his best to kind of get ahead of the game. And, and this way, like, when that cap does go up, in another two years, they're actually going to have some more money to spend. Yeah, so with the Seabrook uh, 6.8, which still has two years on it, by the way, uh, what a contract stand going on now. Um, there's still like there's a million-ish like million ish over the cap. Over the cap. But, I mean, they could move somebody stupid for, like, nothing. I mean, I'm not really yeah. all that worried about it. Um but man, just to see like, and it was like in ten minutes, those three guys had eight-year deals. It was like it was like unbelievable that <laughs> that was like, like, I don't know. I mean, I I love those moves. Those those are three very important pieces, and they're all pretty young. I mean, Sergachev, what is he? He's twenty-four. Sorelli is twenty-five, and Chernak is twenty-five. So those are now core pieces for you because they're going to be there for a very long time. Um, yeah. Nick Paul's only 27. You know, he got the seven years. I'd be shocked if he finishes the whole contract there. Um, 
get the band back together. Vlad Nemesnikov is back. He's only 29 years old. Vlad Nemesnikov. And he went to Tampa, then to the Rangers, and then to Sens, I think. And then back to Tampa. He bounced I, around. He, he, he was I might have, I might flip. I might have flipped that order around. But he, I feel like this is like his. I guess technically third different team, but fourth different stop. He was on Dallas. That's right. He was on Dallas. He was right. on Colorado. Oh wow! Never mind. I was way off on him then. He was on Detroit. I don't even remember that. Okay. I, I, I only <laughs> I only have it. I only have it because it cap friendly tells me every stop. So. He got traded in the McDonough deal, uh, Tampa to the Rangers. Rangers right. flipped him to Ottawa. Ottawa flipped him to Colorado. He signed with Detroit. Then he signed with the Stars. And, no, no, no. Sorry. He signed two years in Detroit. Then he got flipped to the Stars for the playoffs. He was actually pretty good in that first round. Um, and now he's back with Tampa on a one-year deal. How about it? Wow, I thought he was just buried somewhere on Ottawa's fourth line. Yeah, no, he's been very Cooper active. Cooper loved him, too, when he was there. He's a solid player. He's perfect for the bottom six there. Perfect. And you could play him at right left, right side, left side. You know, it doesn't matter. He can play either side. and Good face. Sneaky good face-off guy, too. Yeah. Sneaky I mean, guy. he's not going to totally make up for losing Andre Palat, but, I mean, they'll live if they don't have him. No. They'll be fine. But I think, I think that's one of those moves where they were just like, we rather – get rid of him two years too early than one or two years too late. Yeah, Because I don't think three, yeah. I don't think Palat was going to accept a two-year contract. No, Palat got paid, and I love that deal for him. What was it? It was five years, $30 million, I think? Yep. Yeah, perfect. $6 million a year. You know, he's good till he's 36, and he can live in, I don't know, Nutley or somewhere in Jersey. I don't know. Somewhere nice. Um <laughs> I think Nutley's nice. I don't remember. Wayne. He's gonna I'm live sure in, he's got a mansion in like Prague or something. He's gonna live in he's gonna live in Wayne, New Jersey. That's where my buddy's girlfriend lives. It's very nice there. Wayne, New Jersey. Yeah. It's like it's right near uh MetLife Stadium. It's pretty nice. It's like fifteen minutes from the stadium. Um they also brought in the devils also brought in John Marino, which I thought was an underrated move. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was an interesting trade. I I didn't get the trade, but I liked like, it. Yeah. I mean, Ty Smith, I feel like I've been hearing about Ty Smith for like three or four years. And then he's just, you know, I think he's a slightly above average NHL defenseman. It was just, I think he was another one of these guys who had a pretty good college career, better than expected. And people thought he was just going to continue to develop into like a Norris Trophy candidate. It just that never worked out. But that doesn't mean he's bad. That doesn't mean he's bad. You can still not win the Norris, still be a good defenseman. But, um. (laughs) <laughs> the Devils have some hilarious dead cap. They're paying Corey Schneider $2 million this year and next. Uh, they're paying Yanni Kuokinen, who I think they bought out, two hundred k in this year and three hundred twenty five next year. And they still have the Kovalchuk cap recapture penalty. <laughs> a um, gift that keeps on giving. They're sending him a check for two hundred fifty k for the next three years, and then it's done. I I don't know what this team is going to be. This team could be bottom of the barrel again and like with a high draft pick or like they could be I again like I like their wing depth like Palat, Tatar, Haula, uh Sergeyevich I think can play a little bit. They got to like, resign Yesper. They got to resign Yesper Brat like now. Yeah. 
Jesper Brad, obviously. Like I like again, like they have a good amount of wing depth. That's why, you know, Ishir contract is not my favorite. <laughs> I, you hate I it. I don't understand why people say like for a number one overall pick, he just hasn't he just doesn't live up to that hype. Um, wasn't that great of a draft, that's fine. You know, just I don't know what Vanacek is going to do when he gets like 55, 60 games. I think he was a real solid goaltender for Washington for how young he was and experienced he was. Um, it's just that back end, man. Like, obviously, Dougie, Dougie, Dougie didn't Dougie last year, he was in my hurt. opinion. He broke I thought his he kind of had a down year. And then, like, Severson, Graves. I don't, who gave Brendan Smith a two-year contract? I don't oh, know. That might be up for another worst contract of free agency. I, I don't know. I, I remember I saw that, and I was like, is there a different Brendan Smith that, like, I don't know? <laughs> that guy was done, like, four years ago. Oh, my gosh. He's going to get $1.1 million to be the seventh guy and be a healthy scratch every night. Congratulations. I mean, I, I think Simone Nemec has a bright future, but he's raw defensively. Yeah, like, he is not going to be a shutdown defenseman in his rookie year. I don't even – he might not even play in his rookie year. Who knows? Like, um, I mean, there's guys – I mean, doesn't really scream upside here. I'm not even going to say that. Um, I mean, uh, just a big yawn when I think of the New Jersey Devils. Um, last contract yeah. we should probably bring up is the uh, the Trocheck deal with the Rangers. Um, seven... So, are Rangers fans pissed about like them signing Trocheck? I don't know how they feel about it, but to have Trocheck and Barkley Goodrow combining to make like nine and a half million dollars does that feel a little steep? Kind of, right? And. That's for the next five years. I, I think it depends. Like, I think Trocheck as your 2C, I think that's fine. I, agree. I really do. Because he's going to be on your penalty kill. I don't think he's going to replace anybody on that power play. Like, you're not touching that power play if you're nope. going in the next season with the Rangers. Nope. And the other thing, too, is that what did the Rangers suck at at the playoffs every single round? Faceoffs. Like, you have a new. Like, this is your face-off guy. Like, he is, he's one of the best in the league last year. Um, again, like, only 29, so I don't think he's going to be, like, horrible at the end of his contract. Uh, you know, it's just, I feel like, who did they want as the second center, right? Weren't, weren't they trying to be on Kadri, right? Probably, I mean, yeah. I, I get that, but I I don't know. Like, to me, like, this is, he's, Trocek is an upgrade over Strom to me. Like that's where I was kind of like, I was I was confused because I saw some like hate tweets about it online, but I didn't know if that was like the whole fan base or just like one or two people. I mean, seven years is a long time for Vinny Trocheck, who I like. I also like him. Um, that's a long time to be paying him five point six million. It's a long yeah, time. But I mean, people from everything that I've read, the cap is going to go up between. 11 and 15 million in two years. So I think a lot of these mid-range contracts aren't going to look that bad right. in another couple seasons. But like for me, it's like you're the Rangers. I think Capocacco's getting traded. I think I think he's in, um, what's his name? Gallant's doghouse. You got to extend Lafreniere. You got to think about extending Philip Heedle. Um, you got to extend Keandre Miller. Miller. Gonna get a 
big ass pay. Yeah, big ass uh, Adam Fox. Adam Fox's payday kicks in this year. Trooper's making eight. You know that Braden Schneider kid was pretty good. You got to eventually pay him. You know Shesterkin's not going to be making five point six million forever. So you really got to make. I mean, they brought in my boy Yarrow Halak. That kind of made me sad. Shed a single tear. Um, but no, I mean, I like Trocek. I do, but seven years for him is. It seems like a lot. Seems like a lot. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. All right. So I'm going to go quickly before we wrap it up here. Just some quick signings that, you know, kind of matter. Um, let's see. I probably should have had this pulled up and decided who I wanted before I did this. Um, All right. Well, off off the top of your head, like, where do you think Kadri signs? I think he goes back to Colorado. I do too. This just it's this is taking way too long, and I feel like he's just waiting for them to dump Eric Johnson's contract, and that then like suck. you just have an extra six mil just hanging around. That would suck. What about Klingberg? Where do you think he goes? I think he goes to Seattle. I think Klingberg's going to pump Seattle, up. or I think LA is going to try and like move some stuff around to kind of get in on like a one year prove it deal because I think their D, I think their D core is what hurt them last year, and I think. That would be like a nice shot in the arm for them. Yeah, the money's just I just I don't think the money's there for him. I mean he's twenty nine yeah. years old and he wants what, the seven year deal? I mean Yeah. I mean he, he's coming off like one of the best bargains in hockey. He was making like four and a half less than four and a half a year. I I really think he's gonna go to, to Seattle. Seattle needs these they need to do something. Yeah. The only, the one guy I'm like really confused about because like, you look at his social media, and he doesn't really seem to care about hockey anymore. He's P.K. Subban. Like, remember when he used to post all those weird workout videos? It's like, now it's just him at a beach on a boat. It's like, are you going to retire? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't... <laughs> There's some interesting free agents left. I mean, Phil Kessel is still available. He's another one. Um, I'm just going to ramp run off some names here. Uh, Caldehan, Paul Statsny, Victor Rask, Will Butcher. Um... Thomas Hickey, Cody Eakin, Braden Holtby, who might not play ever again. Uh, Zach Aston Reese, Sonny Milano, who had a nice season in Anaheim. Uh, Derek Stepan. Yeah, that, was a weird, that was a weird let go for him. Yeah, I didn't get qualify. that. I didn't get that. Uh, Ryan Dezingle. Um, I mean, there's some like decent guys there. Evan Rodriguez, who had a nice season. Tyler Mott. You know, those guys, like, I wouldn't expect them to not be signed. Rocco Grimaldi. Yeah, I, think, I think I think those are the teams that like they have offers on the table. Like I think like Rodriguez and Kessel and all those guys, they have like offers on the table. They're just like they want better teams to make them offers on the table. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Phil's not trying to go back to Arizona. <laughs> Bring him to Pittsburgh. Get the band back together. Malkin, Latang, Crosby, Kessel. The whole reason for that divorce, though, is that he hated Gino. Oh, so, like, I don't him. think that's going to happen. No, he hates him. I don't know. I could see maybe Boston trying to get him to come back. I would take him on the island in a second. Oh, for sure. In a second. I'd probably have, like, at least a T-shirt. How could you not? How could you not? Oh. All right, Nikki. Before we fully wrap up Season 3, of the Top Pair Podcast. Any final thoughts on the 2021-22 season? I'm hoping next year is the year that COVID stays away from us completely and we no longer have interruptions or delays or bubbles necessary. Uh, 
maybe we do a podcast on the road where we're actually face to face when we pick an arena we want to go to. I can't. I think that could be fun. I can't imagine that. It's like. I, I, Three all, years we've been doing this. We've never done one in the same room before. Never That's once. Be some type of record. Never once. It's insanity. Crazy. Some might say. Um, I would love to do that, of course. Um, I mean, hey, if I can escape to North Carolina for a weekend in the winter, you know, I'm going to do that. Um, hey, man, outdoor game, February. I'm just waiting for the tickets to go down. They're like That's 200 true. bucks right That's now. True. They're like 200 bucks right now. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's the outdoor game. I, I mean, my cousins, I was just in Raleigh last weekend. My cousins live 20 minutes from Raleigh. Like, it's very nice. Um, but yeah, um, things are going to, this is what happens every year with the NHL. Things really slow down in the summer to a crawl, like not even a crawl, like a standstill. You're not going to hear any hockey news until like two weeks before training camp. You, you might get a signing every week, like a, a two signings a week, like nothing. So you're not going to hear from us. Uh, we're going to each go to our summer cottages on uh, Lake Minnetonka. So you're not going to hear from us for a while. Um, just what, you know, now we got to get mushy. Thank you so much to everybody who always listens. I know there's a bunch of people who always listen every week and they tell me that they listen every week. Um, thank you very much for everybody who supported the Twitter, who's followed the podcast, you, you name it. Thank you very much. We will be back in September or October, whatever training camp starts. Nick, when does training camp start? That will be October. October. Okay, so forget September, watch football. In October, you will hear from us when we go over training camps, do our season previews, the whole nine. If there's some big news that warrants uh, a quick podcast, we'll probably do one. Um, you know, Nick is going to be tweeting any big news that happens over the break. But, Nicky, your last, last, last thought before we wrap it up. Thank you for everybody for following along. We really appreciate you. This has been a blast for us. We hope we're bringing you some sort of content. For me, I love to listen to us just waste away and talk crap about this while on my Friday afternoons. It's a great kickstart to my weekend. Um, but you guys are the best. Thank you so much. We yeah. appreciate everybody. We're your top pair for a reason. You're, I'm, I can't even think of like a corny little cliche to go with the word top, so I'm not even going to. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next season. Everybody enjoy the summer. Enjoy the off season. I'm Eric. He's Nick. And for the last time in 2022, the 2021-2022 season, wear your top pair. We'll see you later.